Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Hey, what's up, y'all? T-Bob here reminding you that you can come hang out with me and Aaron Murray live on AMP Monday through Thursday. AMP is a new live radio app. You just download it from the Apple Store. You can actually call in, text in, chat with us directly during the show. It's a ton of fun. We're at Snaps, right? Snaps, your favorite college football podcast at Snaps Monday through Thursday, 1 Eastern, noon Central, on AMP. Download it and come hang out with us today. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome back. It is Monday, July 24, 2023, and it is time for a brand new episode of Snaps. Uh, we're not live today, obviously. You probably already know that, uh, but we've got a lot to talk about. I don't know exactly how the live schedule is going to break down this week, so we'll just have to see. You can follow us on Twitter or whatever. And, Keep up with it. Uh, Today on the show, though, we've got a bevy of topics. Uh, Go through some of these conference media days, as we now know who the media thinks is going to win each conference. Caleb Williams is out here talking about bringing USC to the playoffs, and we'll look at six different quarterback battles in the SEC. I also have uh, uh, the the quarterback show on Netflix talking about Slam Ball, Barbenheimer, X.com. There's a lot to get to today. We'll see what all... We get to, uh, first off, Eric, congratulations. I believe what you just won a charity, uh, golf tournament. Yeah. I don't know if it's like a, you put a, a trophy on the mantle back here, but a little East like action. And yeah, we won. We won the first yeah. charity tournament I've ever won. So like these are small little things. I tell my wife for the reasons why I play so much golf is to, to finally get a W in something because it's been so damn long, but, um, happy Monday to everyone. T Bob, it sucks. Looking at a camera instead of your beautiful, luscious ah, locks like we did last week in Nashville. Yeah. It's just not the same, man. It's not the same. I need you to move to Atlanta so we can do some more live stuff. Uh, I'm not is, moving to Baton Rouge. No it chance. It is no not chance. the same, but uh, whatever. I don't want to become a little buckhead boy bitch like you. Um, wow. All right, look, wow. let's, let's wow. dive in. So we left media days, and we didn't exactly know what the media was predicting just yet. I think it came out Friday afternoon. Um, mm-hmm. And despite all of our high-minded talk about LSU being the favorite in the West, Aaron, despite the fact that LSU had six players make first-team All-SEC compared to Alabama's five, including the quarterback, left tackle, yeah. and wide receiver, the media just couldn't bring themselves to do it. The shadow of the Crimson Emperor looms large. Alabama once again picked to win the SEC West by a score 165 to 117 for that of LSU. And, and, and look, obviously, um, Georgia picked to win the entire SEC. We all knew that was going to happen. But were you surprised to see the tide on top once again? 
I was actually. I thought people were were going to grow some balls and 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 not be scared of Nick Saban. I guarantee you, you were probably one of the ones little scared bitches going for Alabama instead of LSU oh, to win that no that chance, side of the SEC. No I, I just don't get what gives anyone confidence besides, I guess, the fact that it's Nick Saban that Alabama is going to win uh, the SEC West. And and I guess there's two things. One, Alabama is is Nick Saban. Nick Saban's the greatest coach of all time. So I get that narrative. The other part of it is LSU has to go to Tuscaloosa. Tennessee has to go to Tuscaloosa. Like I think if it was the other way around, if it was Alabama having to go to LSU and LSU's team they had this year, I think people would say, we feel really good that LSU wins that football game. We all know it's tough to win on the road. We know that it is extremely tough to win in Tuscaloosa while Nick Saban is the head coach. The the record is incredible. They, they, They don't lose in Tuscaloosa. So I think that's really the reason why but when you want to, if you just want to say, "Hey, this roster versus this roster, neutral site," I think most people would have said, and most media members would have said last week, LSU is the better football team. I think more than anything, it's just the fact that LSU has to go on the road to Tuscaloosa that I think has everyone kind of, uh, you know, uncertain about the the that that side of the conference. But I'm not. You have Brian Kelly, who to me is a top five coach in America. You have a quarterback who is, is as you alluded to, an all-SEC preseason guy that, that may First end up team. being in New York when it's all said and done. First-team all-SEC quarterback. You have the receivers. You have the offensive line. You got the best player in the SEC on the defensive side of the football in Harold Perkins. You got uh, a defensive tackle coming back. Like, Yeah, there's some questions and some spots that are uncertain, but I would say from top to bottom, LSU is, is we know who LSU is. I still can't tell you today, sitting down right now talking to you, T-Bob, what is Alabama going to be? Are they going to be ground and pound? Are they going to try and throw the football? Are the receivers that much improved from last year? Is the offensive line that much improved from last year? Who the hell is the quarterback going to be? Who's going to be getting after the quarterback? Who are going to be some of the defense? Like, I don't know. I just don't know. And for that fact alone, in my bout, I had LSU one. Yeah, yeah, I had LSU one too. I mean, you did say besides the fact that Nick Saban, but I mean that is kind of the fact, right? You can't really besides the fact there. One interesting thing about Brian Kelly is not that far behind him is what I'm trying to say too. Yeah, but people, but people aren't going to accept that because we've seen Kelly and Saban go head to head. Granted, it was arguably on like an uneven playing field, but we've seen them go head to head and we've seen how that worked out. Maybe except for. Last year, the T Town thing is interesting because if you actually look at the series history, LSU tends to win more in Tuscaloosa than they do in Baton Rouge. But hey, it is what it is. You know, for all the talk of Alabama being doubted, the computers love him, humans love him once again. Georgia picked to finish first in the East, Tennessee second, South Carolina third. That's right in line with basically what we had. Then Kentucky, Florida, Mizzou, and Vandy. In the West, Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, again, exactly what we had. And then Ole Miss, uh, Arkansas, Auburn, and Mississippi State. I still feel Mississippi State's being disrespected here, uh, given that they have Will Rogers and basically their entire offense returning 9-4. and four. I was re- randomly on SC Network. The bowl game was on this morning from last year when they beat Illinois. Uh, well, it ended up being 19-10. to 10. should have been 13 to ten. Um, either way, we'll 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 see on Mississippi State. I think I think they're being doubted a I little. Think, I don't think I don't think it's anything here. to do with. I don't think it's to anything to do with Mississippi State. I just think it's to do, like what we talked about last week a little bit, just how good that conference. There isn't a bad team on the West. There isn't. There no. isn't a bad team. Anyone could beat anyone, and I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Ole Miss somehow beat LSU or Alabama. I wouldn't be surprised. If AM beat LSU or Alabama, like they, there are certain teams in that tier two that are good enough on any given day. Go look at our tiers that we made last week on Saps. Any given day to beat someone in that tier two or even jump up and beat someone in that tier one ranking. Um, so it's nothing to do with Mississippi State being bad. It's nothing to do with Mississippi State having a new head coach. It's nothing to do with Mississippi State breaking a new offense. It just is more to do with. Well, no, really I think it is. I think it is Mississippi State I think it is a having little a new bit. head coach because, like, the, the, that's the only reason why Auburn's getting love over Mississippi State. Like, they may be slightly more talented on a player by player basis. A coach. But like it's 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 because you know who Hugh Freeze is and you don't know who Zach Arnett is as a head coach. Yeah. So I th- I think it is the ignorance factor in it because like you're saying, if everything else is even, you're gonna go with the people that you know and you know KJ Jefferson, you know these other guys. 
Yeah. Uh, I think Pittman. it's more the offense to do it because we know the defense for Mississippi State is going to be good, though. I mean, he's he's still going to have his hand hands on that side of the football. Yeah, the offense so, should be good, though. I mean, they return Will Rogers and like all their starters, basically. Yeah, but it's still a new offense, though. It's it, it is a completely different. It's 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 going from English to as I've tried to attempt the past two months and have, have failed miserably. You have so not from English to Mandarin. You yeah, haven't I, even I tried to. Yeah, yeah. You tried for two days. You just gave yourself a lot of stolen Duolingo valor by saying two months. You you gave it two days, which I knew you would because I've done the same thing. So I'm not even coming from a place of judgment. I'm coming from a place of understanding. Um, I will say this. I had some interesting college football conversations over the weekend. A couple of what I would describe as okay sources. I don't think rock solid, but okay. And little birdie told me Tyler Buckner is maybe in line to start. And if that is the case... That's a bad time for Alabama. We'll talk about that a bit later, though, when we get to it in our quarterback competition conversation. In the Big 12, Texas, uh, we, we've kind of gone over, so I don't want to belabor the point. Yeah, what's going on? Oh, oh, you're just holding up the number one for Texas. We've talked about before. Texas picked to win the Big 12, then Kansas State, then Oklahoma. Again, Aaron, what I would describe as a pretty solid source, but you know, you know, take it for what you will. Um, I after this weekend am less of a believer in Sark than I have ever been. Uh, Texas may still win 10 games because they may they, they just may overwhelm people with their talent, but I feel better than ever about my Steve Sarkeesian doubt and, uh, and calling him a fraud. I'll just say that. Um, mm. Nothing else really jumps out to me uh, from the Big 12 standings. It all looks pretty yeah. run-of-the-mill here of... Uh, Texas Tech at four is interesting because that's a team that, like, when Texas and Oklahoma leave, I believe that Texas Tech will be right there with TCU, Kansas State, mm -hmm. and any of the other yeah. leftover teams as the uh, the favorites to win that conference. Well, they get the money. I think that's, yeah. that's, that's the question now. They, they, they have the money to still support kids in the state of Texas that – Maybe don't want to go to Texas or Oklahoma. You know, maybe don't want to because they're not a a highly recruited kid or there's there's competition at their spot. I think Texas Tech will be obviously one of those schools that that can financially in this NIL era, you know, incentivize kids to go. They got great facilities. I think they're redoing their facilities. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Um, and they ran a they run a great style of offense too. You know, I'm they, pretty they sure the, everybody that signs there gets 50k yeah, as well. Every outrageous. player. No, um, that's that's. Or is that SMU? It's just all these Texas. I think I, I think it's every Texas school you go to. You're going. Oh, here it is. Twenty Texas sort of Tech. This from no. This from last year, July nineteenth. Yeah. This time last year, twenty five thousand up front for everybody on the roster. Bam! Immediately, the Texas football economy remains insane. Yeah. Uh, I, I read a funny fact today because I do LSU morning show, obviously, or you know Louisiana, but means a lot of LSU talk. And LSU now has 13 players committed to the class from the state of Louisiana. That's second most in the country to Texas Tech, who I think it's all 17 commits right now are from Texas. They literally have not gone anywhere else, save for uh, keeping it in the hometown, uh, bringing people to Lubbock. So Texas Tech, a little frisky and only getting friskier, it would look like. Uh, then we also had Pac-12 Media Day. Uh, not doing multiple days. The scrub shit continues. Um, and reportedly a TV deal's imminent, but we don't believe that because we've been hearing that for months. Uh, but in the end, the Trojans picked to finish first overall. Washington barely edging out Utah for second place. Uh, Utah coming in third, and then Oregon in fourth place. Wow. A lot. To break down here, I'm a big Penix and Utah believer, and I get. I mean, yeah. they had the best record, maybe. But excuse me, Penix and Washington believer. I, I I feel like I'm. I don't know. I know I'm a Whittingham. I'm just kind of a hater, not on him. I just like I have inherent doubt with Utah that I could potentially get proven wrong on, but it's back once again. But I am a little shocked that the combination of the brand of Oregon, the acumen showed by Dan Lanning year one. And yeah. just how dominant Bo Nix was, I am a little bit surprised that Oregon didn't get more love. Only one first place vote for I, Oregon I, I'm here. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I think Oregon's going to be right there to, I think when we did our dark horses for what the playoff run or national championship, a show we did a couple weeks ago, Oregon was one of my like sleeper teams. So plus, I think it was 3,000 on, on, on a chance to make it to the playoffs. Um, I think they had all the pieces. I think you have a second year head coach. 
who had, like you said, an incredible year one. You have the most, probably the most experienced quarterback in college football. Like, is there a quarterback that has played more games than Bo Nix? Huh. He's played maybe all those probably. years at Oregon <laughs> or at, at Auburn. Yeah. Now he had the year last year at at Oregon, which was tremendous. You return a lot of the production on the outside of the football. Like to me, they are a huge sleeper team to watch out for. And I get that that conference is better than it's been over the past, you know, maybe two decades when it comes to just overall depth, especially depth at the top. But I do think Oregon's getting slept on a little bit, especially with knowing their schedule. I think USC has to go to Eugene to play. Um, and as we know, that is not an easy place to play. So don't do not sleep on the Oregon Ducks this year. I think they could jump into that too, if not one by it's all said and done. Uh, I don't know if we want to jump into this because be one of the topics, but I, I get USC being one as they should be number one uh, yeah. after 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 the poll heading to the season. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I do as well. And I understand there are USC doubters, but the bottom line is we always talk about it. You go as the way your head coach goes, and Lincoln yeah. Riley is that guy. Um, I like DeBoer a lot as well from Washington. As you said, Whittingham does more with less than anything, but USC has more, right? Like, so, so you can do more with less, but what if you have a coach that can do more with more? That's, that's generally going to set you up better. How about this? Well, and I, and I don't do. like the conversation either of like, he didn't do it last year. Like let's, let's once again, it, it was year one. Whittingham had built a culture at Utah. He's been there. Um, it's a hard nosed team. Like don't judge USC on their quote unquote, yeah. you know, softness after year one. Like, yeah, you can go back and say, well, he's never been a hard nosed football coach, even back to Oklahoma. I do think that he's put a little bit more emphasis on that this offseason. You will see a more physical football team from USC this year. Oregon. Weird schedule. Cool schedule. Week two, they go to Lubbock to take on Texas Ooh. Tech. But we were just talking about, but then they have a bit of a mixed bag. They have to go to Washington to Utah, but they get SC and Oregon State at home. So bottom line, the Pac-12 looks as competitive as it's ever been in our entire lives. And uh, or at least since I've been like remembering stuff, I think early 90s might have been strong as well. But I'm uh very excited to see what ends up happening. So that is who the media believes will be the conference winners. Georgia, USC, and Texas, the big blue blood brands. Uh, we have ACC and Big Ten Media Days coming up later this week. So we'll update as appropriate uh speaking of sc though there's headlines running rampant right now Aaron, that caleb williams guaranteed a playoff for the trojans i want to say this after reading a little bit and a tweet pointed this out that's a bit disingenuous i don't know why everybody's writing guaranteed playoff in in the uh in the headlines because here's what the article actually said uh he's kind of asked about last year's pac-12 championship law saying it's still burned saying quote i'm very determined I haven't been in the college football playoff in my two years of playing. It's been tough. It bothers me because I play for championships. I don't play for anything else. So not being able to have the chance to be so close frustrates me. This year, it's going to be a good one. So again, nowhere in there does Kayla Williams guarantee a playoff, but he does let you know, look, this is going to be my last year of college football. Championships are all I care about. He would go on to talk about like winning the Heisman was nice. Winning a second one would be all right. But ultimately, again, he wants that championship. And so, yes, uh, Caleb Williams and USC not shying away from the fact that it kind of is playoff or bust for them this season. And winning the Pac-12, it's kind of win the Pac-12 or bust because that's going to be the first requisite to getting into the playoff. Oh, I think for his legacy, I mean, look at Bryce Young. I, I know Bryce never won a national championship. But at least he put his team in a net. He put his team in the playoffs along with winning the Heisman Trophy. So um, I think for him, yeah, he'll always be remembered as an elite quarterback. He'll be remembered as one of the best quarterbacks of the past decade. But what have the best quarterbacks of the past decade done? They've The majority of them have put their team into the playoffs. They put their team into a national championship. They've won a national championship from Trevor Lawrence to Joe Burrow. Like I said, Bryce even made it to the championship. Obviously, wasn't able to push it through, but won a Heisman and did it. So that that is, like you said, that that is all that is left for Caleb Williams to cement himself as, I would say, if he goes out there this year, even just makes the playoffs. But if, if he wins a championship, I think that puts him on, a, on an even higher level. Is back in New York, wins it or doesn't win it, and makes the playoffs. So two things. If he makes it to New York, which I think he's going to be on a great place to do that because he's he'll make it to New York. He's, he'll make he, it. He's least. the best. He is Unless the best player hurt. in America. And I do think that they're going to be a, a, a because of the Pac-12 and how good they are. 
And because of how good I think they are, and I do think they'll win the Pac-12, I think they will be one of the final four teams when it's all said and done. He will go down as, I would say, the best quarterback of the past 20 years. Uh, just overall. All said and done. In all of college Just football. overall. Like, you know, we did our list the other day of quarterbacks, and we ranked like the 1 through 10 of the 2000s. Was it the 2000s we did? Yeah. Um, that whole ranking that came out. If Caleb wins or is back in New York, He's got to win a natty if he wants year. that title. No, nah, that won't be enough. No. He's got to win a natty. Not in a world where Joe Burrow and okay, Cam fine, Newton then, won then, titles. Then if, if he wins a natty, then. if Caleb wins a natty this year, yeah. regardless if he wins a Heisman or not, to me, he goes to number one, if not top two in that list. Maybe so. Uh, what I would agree with is he may be the best prospect, right, in, t- in terms of oh, yeah. like draft draft prospect. Uh, I don't know if fans will consider him the best. I mean, they definitely won't without a national championship. With one, it would become a bit more interesting. Uh, I still don't think USC is going to be those able to other win guys, though, we'll Those see. other guys, those other guys had one. Tebow had multiple years, which is why I love where he's at. I have met one. Burrow had one elite year. Cam yeah. had one elite year. You're yeah. talking about putting back to back elite years together. To me, put but you know what they say, level. Aaron. It don't mean a thing without a motherfucking ring. Okay, mm-hmm. so bottom line. Also, how the fuck are you going to be sitting here talking about not having multiple elite years when you disrespected Kellen Moore and you disrespected uh, my guy Eric Crouch, not putting them on your list? Get the hell out of here, dude. Um, one little, okay, two thoughts that popped in my head. First, one of these shows we need to do a Pac-12 quarterback ranking. Because there's a lot of good ones, and I would love mm-hmm. to see how you break that down. Secondly, Lincoln Riley. One thing that's going to help you see. I don't think I think people think of Lincoln Riley as soft. Lincoln Riley is not scared. Here's a quote that I love. It really has nothing to do with nothing except that he was asked about playing Notre Dame at Media Days. He says, "Quote: That's one of the biggest rivalries in college football. We're going into a damn good league. We open up with LSU next year and then play the whole Big Ten. Are we getting rid of Notre Dame? Hell no. Find a way." In a day and age where you have rivalries breaking down, coaches running away, everybody trying to manipulate things to work out in their favor, Lincoln Riley wants to keep USC Notre Dame alive. I love that. Thank you, Lincoln. He also did acknowledge the reality that, look, man, we're going into a 12-team playoff. Like You're going to have grace that you didn't have in the past. So uh, I think USC wins the Pac-12 as well because, again, Lincoln Riley. Now let's move to the SEC. There's a really good article in the Athletic uh, talking about the six quarterback battles that are going to be going down during this camp, and uh, there's some interesting factoids in there. First off, the last five SEC champions were led by Heisman Trophy winners or finalists. Bryce Young, Stetson Bennett, Will Levis, Hooker, Anthony Richardson all went. Well, those aren't the finals, but though, yeah, well, they are actually all 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 now going. To the NFL, um, kind of does raise some interesting questions about Georgia as the favorite, but Arkansas, LSU, Mississippi State, and South Carolina are really the only teams whose battles are fully settled. Let's start with Alabama. You have Ty Simpson, Tyler Buckner, and Jalen Milrow. And Simpson, you have the guy that I think is outside looking in the favorite, former five star quarterback. You would think he'd have the highest ceiling, and Buckner. You have a guy that the timing of it's not working in his favor, not being able to do spring ball, coming in late. His stats leave a lot to be desired. There's absolutely nothing to write home about. Um, and then in Milrow, you have the most athletic guy who just has the least kind of traditional quarterback skill. Aaron, how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, like I just don't think Milrow can be trusted for a team like that. So I'm just not going to jump on that ship right now. But I do think Ty Simpson talking with people and seeing what he did in the spring game, I know it wasn't super sexy to me is, it still has that, like you allude to that higher ceiling, that guy that we can still go out there, give him enough reps is going to continue to mature, going to continue to get better. We kind of know what Tyler Buckner is. And you can't tell me as an Alabama fan, you go back and watch last season and you say, Oh, I feel really good about that guy being our starting quarterback. So I would say it's between those two at the end of the day, and the best man will end up getting the job. I, antici- it, I anticipate it being Simpson because I think he's a better quarterback. Yeah, he's a little bit greener. Yes, he hasn't played as much as obviously um, uh, as the other guys, but the potential's there. I just think it's going to be a short leash. I think you get into week two, and all of a sudden, if he does play bad versus Texas, 
and 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 they end up losing that game in Tuscaloosa, then all of a sudden I think Buckner could become that guy. That's what you brought him in for. If these guys end up proving that they're not ready, that the moment is too big, we brought in a guy who has experience in the offense and a guy that has played football that we know we can kind of plug in and let him go out there and at least make us competitive and maybe give Ty Simpson another season to see what we can do next year. But you still need, at the end of the day, if you want to win a championship, you need a really good quarterback. That's just the name of the game today. Milrow's not there. I don't think Buckner is a really, really good quarterback. I think Ty is the best guy on that on that roster. It's just going to be, like I said, how long do they give him to kind of prove it? Well, yeah, I see it's... And again, I heard a interesting rumor that I would describe as okay source that right now the season started that Buckner would actually be the guy. But it's interesting to be talking about Buckner being like, you know, having a ton of experience because he kind of doesn't. Like, yeah, he played in 10 games as a freshman, but he only attempted 35 passes, completed 21 of them, so that's 60%, under 300 yards, three touchdowns, three picks. Last year, played in just three games before getting hurt, but in those three games, 55% completion, 650 yards, three touchdowns, five picks. So, like, you haven't seen anything good out of Buckner. I, I, this, again, if, if, uh, this shows you why Nick Saban is so impressive that this could be their quarterback room and that that would be the ex- the expectation level would still be win the West in what is easily yep. the best half of the conference of any conference in all of college football. As you said, all seven teams ranked in the top 30 of the uh, Bill Connolly S&P Plus. Uh, let's move on to Alabama's arch rival, Auburn, as they've got a couple of different guys in the mix. Uh, one of them is, of course, Robbie Ashford, who's the incumbent, super athletic, not sure how good of a quarterback he is. Again, his stats last year through the air really struggled. Now, I, I don't know, you know, Brian Harson not exactly put him in a position to succeed, but sub 50% completion, just 1,600 yards, seven touchdowns, seven picks. And then you have Peyton Thorne, who, similar to, to Tyler Buckner, comes in after spring but he does have stats to fall back on. Like like everything we just said about Buckner, like how people think about Buckner, that you're bringing in the experienced guy who's done this or that. Buckner hasn't really done that. Peyton Thorne has. I mean, two years ago, he was the quarterback of a playoff team, or excuse me, borderline playoff team, threw for 3,200 yards, 27 touchdowns, 10 picks. Like he had a very solid year. And Hugh Freeze talking about Peyton Thorne said, quote, I think what he adds to the room right now is incredible leadership. One of the first thing he did was come in and say, coach, is there any way someone can give me a sheet of paper that has a picture of everyone that works in this building? I want to learn everyone's name. That's the type of leader he is. So I think it would take massive improvement for Ashford to win this job. That said, Aaron, I think Thorne starts and I think Robbie Ashford is using packages. I think you have a bit of a two quarterback system this year in Auburn. I wouldn't close the door necessarily on on Robbie Ashford. I think I think here's enough talent there that say Payne doesn't pick up the offense fast enough. Let's not forget Robbie's at least been in the offense for those 15 practices in spring. I wish it would have not a poured so we could have kind of seen what he looks like as a quarterback. I I need to see Payne run the offense before I crown him starting quarterback. Do I think he's going to do it? Yeah, I think Payne Thorne is going to be the quarterback at the end of the day. If things don't go well though, if the offense is stagnant. I think you could see a head coach who has worked with quarterbacks that are, are athletic and, and more of that mold just say, you know what, screw it. We're going to put the ball in our best athlete's hands, and we're going to find a way to run an offense around him. So I think Payne Thorne, just like we talked about with Alabama's situation, I think he needs to have a hot start to the season, play extremely well through the first three or four games to kind of put that quarterback battle to sleep. Because if he doesn't, like I said, the, quarter, the coach at the end of the day is going to say, you know what, this guy runs a 4-4-4-3. Four, 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 He's fast as hell. We're still trying to figure out the skill around him. Let's just give him the ball and let him see if we can go win some football games with his legs as he continues to mature as a passer. So I, I'm not going to just say right now that that you're only going to see Robbie Ashford in, in third and short situations or red zone situations this season. I do think at some point this season, he may be called upon to be a starting quarterback. I think you'll run a more old school two quarterback system. I mean, I don't think it's just going to be packages. Like, I think for Jalen Miller at Alabama, maybe you develop, like, sub-packages type situations. Yep. Like, I think you're going to see more, like, I don't know, like a 
you get Chris every four Lee, series. Like Chris Leak Tebow or 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 maybe yeah. uh a Jarrett Lee Jordan Jefferson, something I was very familiar with yeah. back in the day. Uh speaking of Chris Leak and Tebow, Florida has a quarterback competition, but it may be the least exciting of the bunch. I yeah. think it's very representative of how Florida feels as a whole this year. You got Graham Mertz, who if, you know, feels like the heavy, 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 heavy favorite here. Obviously, he started every game three years in a row at Wisconsin. So by far the most experienced. And the other guys, you got a retro freshman Max Brown. Don't really expect anything there. And then you got Jack Miller, who transfers from Ohio State. It's his second year under Napier. Um, he started the Las Vegas Bowl. Obviously, that was a complete disaster. Uh, but Billy Napier, as much as I struggle to believe this, Billy Napier did say he's having, quote, an incredible offseason. Um, this feels like Graham Mertz, which feels like I said about as unexciting as this Florida team does. Yeah, Florida this season is just—I mean—they were like probably the least talked about team last year in Nashville. Would you say like of all the teams yeah. that we talked about, never Florida was just them. kind of barely mentioned the entire week. So, um, I would say you go with Graham. I mean, he he transferred there for a reason. Uh, I think he is, he's, he's shown us glimpses of really good quarterback play. And I think for Florida this year is just survival mode. I think this is a yeah. survive, get through the, get through the season and, and which quarterback can essentially lead us to a, 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 a hopefully over 500 season. I don't think any guy right now is you're like, Oh, we're going to go win the East. Oh, we're going to go win nine, 10 games. Like I'm sure there's crazy Florida fans who think that, but who can just steer the ship in a way that's not we're four and eight. Uh, so I don't think again, you could, yeah, I, I think Graham at least gives you a chance to be competitive in certain games to get you as close to 500 as possible. Yeah. I don't think you can, I don't think if you're Billy, you could just hand the ball over to someone who really hasn't played a lot of football and just say, you know what, screw it. Let's just see if we, you know, see you know, see what happens. I, I I think for Florida and the momentum that they're getting on the recruiting trail, the last thing you can afford is a losing season because you may start seeing some of those guys jump off that recruiting ship. Sounds fucking awful. Can Graham Mertz get us to six and six? That is a brutal place to be if you're an SEC fan. Uh, you have Mizzou who started Brady Cook all of last season as a sophomore, and he was pretty good. I mean, he yep. accounted for 20 touchdowns, 3,200 total yards if you had in the passing and rushing, but the door maybe cracked open a little bit when he misses spring ball due to labrum surgery. You get a transfer from Miami and Jake Garcia. You get a transfer from the community college at Dale Label. I don't know much about those guys, to be honest. And then you have a four-star redshirt freshman, Sam Horn, who, I mean, look, four-star quarterback is a big deal for Mizzou. So I think Brady Cook is the answer, but Drink has not committed to him. They're going to have this competition through camp. Uh, the only thing about here is like there, there, there's a lot of unknown for me. Like I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know much about Garcia label or horn um, beyond what I just told you. So it's probably Brady cook, but one of these guys does have the potential to surprise during camp. Yeah. And I would say if either one of them would be Garcia, a lot of hype from him coming from Miami. Uh, he had moments there. Brady Cook has to become a better passer. And, and for him, unfortunately, he missed spring. So he didn't really get to demonstrate that. I mean, yeah. he's a guy that last year got better as the season went on. I thought gained some confidence in himself. But most of the time, it was just him running. It was just him pulling the ball down and just being an elite athlete. And at the end of the day, like there's nothing wrong with that. Like once again, going back to Auburn, when when you maybe struggle with guys around you, at the end of the day, having an athletic quarterback is not the worst thing in the world. Like, you know, for Missouri, you lost your your best receiver. Love it went to Georgia. You hope Luther Burden can take a massive step in his second year. They're going to move him from outside to inside, hopefully get him more involved in the offense. But it's not like you're loaded with all these elite receivers on the outside. So for for Drink and for the new offense and the offensive coordinator, you may have to rely on a quarterback that is more athletic to be able to move the ball, to be able to, you know, third and long situation, a defense drops back in the coverage. He pulls it down and runs against the first down with his legs, which we saw him do over and over and over again last year. So I think the difference is Alabama has good receivers, not elite, but good. So you do want a quarterback that can throw the ball to get those guys the ball in space. Missouri doesn't have those elite receivers. Once again, Luther still needs to show us that he deserves that number one guy uh, coming out of high school a year ago. I would still lean towards a guy, a quarterback, who is athletic, that can run the football, which I'm with you, screams more to me, Brady Cook, than anyone else on that roster. 
Um, yeah, what did Luther end up doing last year? Yeah, yeah, he had six it's, touchdowns, it's, but left a bit to be desired overall. Um, all right, then you got Ole Miss, uh, Jackson Dart, and, and this is probably, I would say, we'll get to Georgia. I think it's between Georgia and Ole Miss for probably the best overall rooms for this conversation. Um, uh, you got Jackson Dart. Who? Uh, yeah. Well, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. I get, yeah, quarterback, yeah, yeah. Like not quarterback rooms overall, but in terms of like, we're not exactly sure who has the best options. Uh, you got Jackson Dart, who we feel like is the guy most likely. Um, he's still gonna have to get across the finish line in camp, but um, yeah. I mean, the, the comments that Lane Kiffin's kind of been giving in the offseason reports coming out of spring is that it's probably Jackson Dart, but. You do have Spencer Sanders, guy who's put up crazy stats at Oklahoma State at times, a lot of experience, fifth-year senior. Makes me think Mike Gundy must really suck to play for that he would leave. Um, yeah. And and we, I guess he thought he was going to start, but like we've talked about, he's probably not. And then you have Walker Howard, one of the best uh, quarterback recruits to ever come out of Louisiana. And Walker Howard went for it. He may be great one day, but he may also have to wait a while and what's yeah. kind of interesting walker howard leaving lsu going to Ole miss one of the reasons why is because lsu brought in Jaden daniels right another transfer who ends up being the start of two years if we learn anything we got laying this offseason that's walker's going to have to probably deal with transfers every single year as they're always going to be trying to improve in that position but um i think i think i mean we, we've talked about it, aaron this is probably jackson dart yeah, yeah i think it's gonna be jackson today i think spencer sanders is gonna be uh, the, the the full of the offseason going to a place where you had to compete with the quarterback who actually statistically had a better season than you did, and he's the, the reigning starting quarterback. Like, wh- what are we doing of, of all the free moves you can make My to enjoy your last year <laughs> yeah. of being a starting quarterback? One, you leave a Power 5 program where you are loved, loved, have had success to go to another place, once again, where the quarterback had better stats than you, was a young quarterback who has a ton of potential. So hats off to Lane Kiffin for, for, for the ultimate sales job to get both those quarterbacks there, because I thought Jackson Dart was good last year. I think Jackson Dart has the ability to be one of the best quarterbacks in this league when it's all said and done by the end of the season. I think he's athletic Had what 700 yards rushing last year um, can mix all the arm angles. I think has, has really good arm strength. Uh, I just think he's a hell of an athlete and I think he's going to get, continue to get better and better and better and I think Lane sees that. I think Lane hinted that in the spring. Lane yeah. hinted that a little bit last week when I talked to him. So I do. I think this is Jackson Dart's job. And Walker Howard's going to look like a fool. And so is Spencer Sanders when it's all said and done. Uh, if nothing else, if I was an Ole Miss fan, I would be pretty fired up because you at least have a like you have a really good room. You have insurance. Yeah. Right. If Dart did go down, it's not a disaster. You can handle it. You can still kind of reach your team's potential. And then you even feel like bright about your future in Howard, who's yep. already now used his transfer and have to have a grad transfer if he wanted to leave again. Uh, and then we get to Georgia. Aaron, I, you may be biased in this situation, but would you say that Georgia has the best top to bottom room? No, I would still say LSU does. I would no, no, say, I'm I sorry. Say, no, no. I mean, in, oh, in, this, in, our this six, in this in this group of six. No, I would go Ole Miss. I would go okay. Ole Miss in this okay. one. I mean, because... You have more starting. You have, I would say, because you head into the season with with way more starts than anyone else. That's I mean, you have a guy who That's started true. the entire season last year for Ole Miss, and you have a two year, maybe three year starter in Spencer Sanders. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm blanking on that one, but a guy who's played a lot of football at a high level. So I so would say they have Ole the Miss most for the experience, fact that, but yes. I do feel like Georgia probably has the. I mean, what the highest rated guys, top to bottom. And Vandergriff, yeah, Stockton, and Beck. I'm just assuming these are all four and five stars. They are. They are all four and five star guys. Maybe when it's all said and done, but I would still, heading into the season, I would have more comfort in Ole Miss's quarterback room. If I'm an outsider, like, I, listen, I'm, I'm biased. I've, I've seen the practices. I've been in Athens. I know what Carson's going to be about. So, you know, I, it's hard for me to really judge. But if I'm an outsider looking in for both schools, I would probably say I feel more comfortable saying that Ole Miss is in a better spot quarterback-wise than Georgia is quarterback-wise because of the returning starts on that roster. Yeah, it looks like Spencer Sanders has started four years, by the way. So a lot of football for Spencer Sanders in, uh, in, in up there in Oklahoma State. Uh, as far as Georgia goes, Carson Beck, Brock Vandegrift, 
Gunnar Stockton, if you listen to Snaps, you already know Aaron thinks it's Carson Beck to the point where he wants to put a Heisman bet on him, which again, I said earlier, last five years, everybody who's won the conference uh, had the winner or the finalist when it comes to New York. So um, has anything changed there? Have you been getting any rumors lately to change Ooh. your your take that Carson Beck will be the guy? That's Carson. It's okay. Carson. I don't. I, I don't even think. Open I don't shot. even think. I don't think Kirby's going to make this a, a a competition. Like the other guys will get reps every now and then with the ones, but that's just the way that Kirby organizes his practices and the in and just the moving guys around. But I don't think there's ever going to be a threat of Carson losing his job unless he just goes out there and is just god awful. Like I think this is a a everyone the all the players know it. I think even Brock Vandegrift knows it. Carson knows it. The coaches know it. Carson Beck is our guy this year, and we're going to make sure that he is ultimately prepared to go out there and start game one. Um, so that's that. Those are six quarterback battles, kind of some predictions and how we expect him to play out. Maybe who's going to be the best out of that group. Uh, speaking of quarterback, Aaron, I've watched three episodes now of the Netflix show, and I got to say it's it's pretty good. You know, I don't think it's great, but it is pretty good. Like I would recommend it. Um, but my biggest takeaway is I like Kirk Cousins, which I never yeah, expected. I do too. I like no, Kirk I like Cousins. Kirk. It's he's just he's too good. He's a, he's a he's too good of a guy, and to yeah. me, he comes off as just very relatable. Like he's very yeah. honest about how he deals with insecurity, and you see him talking to like. Yeah team psychologist and he talks about the fear of failure and he's very aware of how he's thought of and how he's kind of made fun of and he just comes off as terribly human i mean yes yep. nerdy absolutely i mean absolutely does That's his wife really dress him horribly yes but at the end well but he's not even well nerds i guess are just obsessed with whatever they're obsessed with. right you can be nerdy about anything he's yeah. not nerdy about what i'm nerdy about he's been nerdy about football but he's just like He's I don't dorky. know it. Yeah, he's just how do you come out of that and be like, I fucking hate Kirk Cousins, so I just can't do can't. it anymore. No. So no. I, I'm officially a Kirko Chains fan, which I would not no. have expected coming in. No, no, he 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 uh he doesn't resist it. He knows who he is. I think he yeah. is like you said, he did you know the, the the I think it was the first episode where he was speaking to the, the team psychologist. So there are moments of insecurity, but I would say overall he's very secure with who he is. Like he's not fake. I would say that like he's he is who he is and he knows he's a little dorky, a little goofy, a little yeah. nerdy, whatever word you want to say. And he just kind of rolls with the punches and just says, you know, love me for who I am. So um no, I do like I, I do wonder because I did enjoy obviously the golf one. I enjoyed the Formula One one. Is it because we've played the game and we kind of know it? That maybe we don't enjoy it as much as the other ones. Uh, I think no, I feel like I, I, I learned so little, much from the other ones. Yeah, I I mean that's probably part of it, but I think it is a little more manicured. I think the NFL yeah. had a little bit of a hand. It's a little light on some of the game day stuff, you know. Yeah, and well, Patrick, and they the showed the kind of the behind the scenes with Patrick from uh, who were they playing where he was getting back and forth with the with the oh, Max Crosby. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that, was that was I didn't really yeah, I realize that was going on. Yeah, that was phenomenal. Um, but but I would say that like it it just does feel maybe compared to what I've seen out of Drive to Survive and uh yeah and full swing, it just feels a little more vanilla than those yeah. shows. But I would still recommend it, dude. And even my yeah, wife watched it on her own on Saturday night. I was like, What? Um, other thoughts from the weekend, slam ball is not that tight. You know, I have fond memories of slam ball growing up. I I tried to watch it as a you know, I no, I did watch it as a kid, I loved it. And I tried to watch it this weekend, and I got bored like five or six minutes in. Uh, sometimes things just need to stay dead. Uh, maybe Slam Ball proves me wrong, you know, but I kind of doubt it. Um, shout out Barbenheimer. Aaron, how about this? Barbie and Oppenheimer become the first movies ever to both gross at least $80 million in their opening weekend. 150 for Barbie, 80 for Oppie. Shout out Greta Gerwig, 39-year-old female director of Barbie, now the largest opening weekend for a female director ever. And then PG told me before the show that he, she's married to Noah Baumbach, who also wrote the movie. I mean, just an absolute power couple, power move for Margot Robbie as well. I mean, just anybody involved with Barbie, massive winners. How about this? Box office as a whole. Fourth biggest weekend in box office history. Movies dangerously close to being back. Very ironically, at a time when all the writers and actors are on strike. <laughs> yeah. 
I rough time. Rough time. I don't know what the takeaway is from that, but I do find that kind of funny that yeah, those I gotta two find some, are... I gotta find some time to go watch one of those movies. Go on Oppie first, Oppenheimer first. Me too. Me too. Second. Yes. Uh, I want to watch both, but I gotta watch Oppenheimer in like the highest quality theater that I can. And plus I, it seems like a lot of people think that Oppenheimer drags. I had like a couple of being like, I'm mad they didn't show Hiroshima, which I'm like, yeah. okay, guy, that's a little, whew, that's a little extreme. I don't think I don't need Ooh. to see that in like grisly high detail, but, uh, but I love history. And so just yeah. the source material of Oppenheimer really intrigues me. And then finally, Aaron, um, congratulations to us. We are now members of X.com. You can follow me at X.com slash tbob 53 as uh wait have you not have you not noticed this no, you not you, you somehow avoided e- elon musk over the weekend changed twitter to x.com and wants it to become one of the biggest banking platforms in the world go on your twitter right now and see that it is now x you go to x.com and see that it reroutes you to twitter so uh which oh, apparently man. is what elon originally wanted to name paypal back in the day so it's all come full circle for mr musk wow. Uh, which also had the unintended effect of X videos trending because of course it did. You see the letter X is absurd when 90% of the internet is made up of porn, but uh, Hey, look at us. Here we are. Just a couple X.com boys. Mm, love it. Let's get toasty. I, I don't know if we're doing the beginning of the end of the show. I'm very excited for this Gran Turismo trailer, which we're about to live react to, <laughs> but Oh God, <laughs> check it out. You are in this race. Get in the fight. Yes, sir. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Oh, shut up! I'm not missing my race. Oh, I'm gonna puke. Don't puke in my dad's car. Yes, we're not going to jail. <laughs> oh crap! Listen, son. You think you're gonna play a stupid video game about cars and you're gonna become a race car driver? All I ever wanted to do is be a racer. I'm doing it. The ten of you are the best. Okay. Grand Turismo players in the, the land world. Of blue. Now is your chance to race real cars. This is insane. It's not gonna work. The guys who race are elite athletes. Your kids are scrawny little gamer kids. That's where you come in. Hmm. You think you can do the impossible. I'm here to prove that you can't. You get tired, you get sloppy, you get sloppy, you get hurt, and you lose races! <laughs> you puked on my lawn. I can't believe this is real. I know what I'm doing. I'm not afraid. I've raced this track a thousand times in the game. Let me drive it my way. David Harbour. That was actually pretty great. <laughs> we have a newcomer this year. His presence is That's shaking Aaron. the foundation of the sport. This is the major leagues. The other drivers, your pit crew, are going to hate you. What? Much easier with a joystick, isn't it? <laughs> I can't see anything. I'm not sure if I can do this. Most people can't. I got a feeling you're not That's most unreal. people. If I lose. I lose more than just a race. So I'm not gonna quit. You've got to prove to everyone that you belong. <laughs> You've raced it, what, like a thousand times? Now you just gotta do it in real life. Oh, Grand Turismo, based on a true story. But I won't stop now. I can't believe this is based on a, a, a real damn story. Like you go from playing a video game to jumping in. It'd be like some guy playing Madden saying, okay, I know how to read coverage. Just go put me in a quarterback. And let me go there and execute I, at a high level. I like, love it. These cars are going so fast. And, and, and uh, yeah, ooh. but you can sim, but bro, you, you can sim racing. Like you can sim like uh, that, in terms like of like that, crossover, though? in terms of crossover, like actual racing simulators are, are, pretty damn good yeah, that's but there's, there's a story. sense of like life and death though like when you watch real racers especially watching like the 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 netflix series um drive to survive like the, you have to have a sense of i could almost die today but i have to push this car to the See, limit I in order to win i knew it, like, if i'm if i'm in a council i'm not i'm not there's no sense of like me dying it's like there has to be that <laughs> crazy mentality of 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 putting a car at that level of speed 
<laughs> and all of a sudden, a blink of an eye, like, yeah, you may lose the game. Well, shit, you like, may lose your life. Like, dude, you literally are David Harbour. The entire trailer, I was thinking about how you are David Harbour. And now you're, that's the line that he used twice in the trailer. I know. You know the video game, you reset in real life, you die. But yeah. It's true. Look, this true. is every video game nerd's dream. And the craziest part, I mean, I, I really cannot believe that this is an actual real story i don't think i i i, I knew about yan uh before this that's 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 it's it's unbelievable it looks awesome dude it looks way better than it i thought be, coming out amazing. august 4th yeah. um yeah. great cast haven't seen orlando bloom in a minute love david harbour yeah. from stranger things and everything else mm -hmm. and it's directed aaron but one of my favorite directors ever, Neil Blomkamp, uh, District 9, top five movie to me. I am now very excited to see this thing. Who knows? Uh, maybe one day I can really become a night elf druid who can shapeshift into bears and leopards and other things. I mean, if Yang can do it, I'm sure I could probably do it, man. Grand Turismo, 100%. exclusively in theaters, August 11th. Get your tickets now. Rated pg-13 i can't wait um that'll do it for today's show this little weekend thoughts mtv's official challenge podcast is back for another season and so are we i'm tori deal and i'm anisa ferreira the wait is over guys all stars four is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.